Hello, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 250. Holy shit, I just realized it's episode 250 uh, of the Drunk Dashers podcast. I'm your host, as always, I'm Tyler, and joining me, we have the man, the myth, the legend himself, Sir Colonel Gables. What's up, buddy? Oh, boy, man. I am on the road. I am on the road to 1,000. Ooh. <laughs> well, we're, we're a quarter of the way there now, so, yeah. Oh yeah, a little bit of the core of the way down. For all of those listening who don't know what the hell I am talking about, let me give you the lowdown. Dragon Ball Fighters, a game that just released not too long ago. I played it, it's fantastic, but the reasoning why I'm that I've uh, mentioned in this whole Road to 1000 stuff is because I have a goal. I have a goal in this game. I want to get 1000 ranked wins in Dragon Ball Fighters. Not just any type of not just any type of modes, not ring matches, not local matches, not casual matches, ranked world matches. Damn. Now the reasoning behind this is very simple. Over the past few weeks, I've been going through a lot of inner stuff that I've been having to deal with. And a lot of it, I feel, is more or less me trying to buckle down and try to concentrate and focus upon my convictions and things that I want to follow through. And so by completing this road to the 1,000 wins and stuff, it'll help me better realize myself, and it also will help me realize that I can go through and finish something, even if it seems like the impossible. So, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty much how I've been doing in a nutshell. How about you, Tyler? All right. Doing okay. Better <laughs> now that it's 250. Um, oh, yeah. I'll say this. For years, I had to listen to you and Jake annoy the shit out of me talking about Dragon Ball Z and <laughs> even I'm like I kind of want to play this game it looks kind of good so yeah. yeah I might pick it up I'm gonna probably wait till it's a little cheaper There's some you know things I got a backlog going on right now I don't want to keep oh, yeah. I don't want to keep adding on to it but I, yeah I mean I'm interested in that game uh but yeah no I'm doing all right it's a it's been a been a weird month for us the last six weeks really for uh, recording yeah. wise for the show like we did all the game of the year stuff, and then we took like we made like three episodes, and we we're gonna take two weeks off. And instead, we just took a week off, so we were ahead. But then we recorded two episodes that night, so then we we're like two weeks ahead, and then we kept recording. So we finally took we finally took a, uh, last week off, and uh, but we still released a show, kept the streak alive. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, now we're back. It's been it's been a crazy month, uh, a lot of work, unfortunately, uh, stressful times, you know, so crunch period. Uh, counting down till Memorial Day when it's finally slow again. Um, oh yeah, yeah. But you know, we're talking about we're back drinking a delicious beer. Um, we're talking about video games, the thing I love to talk about the most outside of my penis. That's my favorite thing to talk about. <laughs> um, that is on the Penis Slash Nerds podcast uh, that I record every other Wednesday. Um, 
on iTunes. You can check that out there. Um, <laughs> Are you freaking Orson Welles and the Critic, dude? I'm sorry, but <laughs> no, no, I kid you not. If you've ever watched the Critic, there is a recurring theme with Orson Welles and stuff. It's from the it's uh, he's voiced with a voice actor that does like Pinky in the Brain and stuff like oh, that, okay. but. Uh, no, one of the inner jokes of that is, like, Orson Welles doing this pea commercial, right? And stuff like that. It's, like, rosebud peas. Fear of, like, nutrients and stuff and green penis. <laughs> you get, for those that are interested in just knowing what I'm talking about, go do a YouTube search. Check out The Critic. Check out Orson Welles' pea commercial. It is fantastic. That is your homework for the week, guys. Um, and then also check out my podcast about that. Uh, it's a one-man show. It huh? takes anywhere from two to four minutes to get to a show. Um, <laughs> I don't know what's happening now. Uh, I don't know. What, what, what are we doing? What is the show? Uh, how do we record again? Uh, no. Uh, no, like I said, I'm doing okay. It is uh, Saturday night. Uh, get to play a little bit of video games today. Uh, just counting down really till, uh Shadow of the Colossus comes out on yeah. Tuesday. So that's that's been pretty cool. Um, but I guess, you know, you already talked, we already touched on a little bit, so I guess we can just jump in, uh, what we've been playing a little bit. Right. Uh, I'm going to just start off real quick. I've been playing a bit of, a little bit of an older game. Uh, Near Automata is, um, okay. uh, is what I've been playing. Talked about it last time we recorded, probably a week for you guys, two weeks for us. Uh, I, I purchased it, but I ain't got a chance to play it. Finally played it. Really don't have time to play it on the weekends, but pretty much what I, did, when I have like time, like I pretty much what I've been doing. Uh, and I actually, um, I beat the game. You beat the game? Kinda. So, first off, I always want to say that Nier Amada, fantastic game. This game is so good. Like, I wish, if I would have, I wish I would have played this game last year. Because it would be in my top seven for sure. Okay, let me just, let me just back up here for a minute. Okay. You actually went through and beat a JRPG. It's not turn-based, though. It's made by Platinum. So, and I really like Platinum. And this is peak Platinum, guys. Like, I love Bayonetta 2. I, talk, I rave about Bayonetta 2. Um, I like a lot of the other games that I play. Like, the Transformers game is really good. Uh, nothing. Mm-hmm. Actually, you know what? I don't think this will ever top TMNT uh, Mutants in Manhattan, though. <laughs> That's probably peak pat- Platinum, really. I'll try saying peak Platinum five times really fast. Um, no, peak, uh, that game sucks. Uh, Mutants in Manhattan's a terrible game. Don't re- don't re- play that game. I think they actually took it off the shelves because um, of licensing and issues. You, but probably and you just... see like then you all of a sudden you just see like random. I kid you not. You see like random copies of like uh, that game inside Walmart for the pre-owned games, and nobody wants to pick it up because of how terrible it is. Yeah, no, it, it doesn't deserve to live. Um, it's like the Adolf Hitler of video games. Really, is what, is what I put that game. It's pretty bad. It doesn't deserve to live. Uh, <laughs> sorry, um, not sorry. Um, no, so yeah, I don't ask me what the story is really because I don't have a clue. Uh, but it's really interesting, and it's like I, what I heard a lot was it's like Middle Gear Solid, uh, in, in a way, like just kind of wacky, crazy, like, and it fucking is, like, it's crazy. And like, I get the the core concept of the game is you play as this android two B is her name, and mm-hmm. uh, you have your like your partner that's with you nine S, and basically all the androids have a number and a letter assigned to their name. And what happened was, like, I think it's, like, 500 years later, but it's, like, far in the future of Earth. Uh, but hundreds of years earlier, aliens came and invaded Earth and basically all but wiped out, uh, except for a few hundred thousand uh, humans. 
and sorry, hitting the mic there. And right. they went to the moon. The humans did, and they went there and they built androids and uh, shit like that, robots too. Uh, basically okay. go back down to earth and fight the battle and take back earth and now earth is in shambles uh and the the world that you're in it's not a huge world it's not like graphically in the, the greatest game looks okay uh it's not a huge open world game either but it's kind of broken up in a few different areas there's a woods there is a forest area there's a desert area there's a rundown city um there's like a small like one it's like takes place right in the coast of like the uh um the pacific ocean so I'm not 100% sure where it takes place at, but I know it's somewhere where the, on the coast of the Pacific Ocean, at least. Um, but I beat I beat the game. It was like 16, 17 hours to, to get my first playthrough done. Uh, but kind of you go on, you go in there and you fight, you're fighting these robots and stuff. And I'm, I can't really go more into the story because first off, I don't want to spoil anything. And second off, I really don't understand what's happening. Um, but uh, after you finish the game, I guess. So I looked this up without spoiling it for myself. But after you finish the game, you um there's parts there's parts in the game where uh so your your two B nine S is with you for the majority of the game but there's parts in the beginning and in the middle and, and some other parts in there where you're separated, so I guess after you beat it with two B you go back and you play the game again but from nine S's standpoint so you have to you will I guess you'll replay through a bunch of parts of the uh, the part with two B but you're playing as nine S and I guess their fighting right. systems are completely different where two uh, B more hack and slash uh, but you do have like a little robot thing with you like a floating robot. And it, it'll shoot um, for you and everything, and you can lock on and attack. And uh, and it's just it's core plat- platinum games. It's it's the same fighting system. It's very much like a uh, a more open world uh, bayonetta, and which is cool for me. I really like that style. Um, and you get like these chips, and you can make yourself more powerful and add uh, health or damage or whatever. And this is like bouncing. There's, so there's some RPG elements to it, and you level up and everything. Um, so yeah, I guess after you do that, you play as 9S, which he can do like hacking and stuff. I um, just kind of I, I read about kind of what the difference is like. Is it worth replaying the game for? And I guess the story is almost entirely different too, because you like you're seeing like because he just kind of jumps in uh, probably an hour into the game, and you're like I guess it's gonna kind of tell you what he's doing before mm-hmm. you meet him, and then kind of what he's going through, and then what there's a huge chunk of the game where you guys are separated. What's going on with him? And then after you beat that with him, there, there's a character you meet in the game called A2, in the first playthrough anyways, only there for a few minutes. She's only there for a few minutes. And right. after you beat it with a 9S, you go back and you play it, but from A2's point of view. So really, you got to beat the game like three times. And actually, it looks sounds like there's a fourth or fifth time you to play through the game because there's different uh, things you can do to branch off. Uh, so I don't know if I'm going to do all of that. I think... <laughs> Uh, cause i you know, I'm not one to replay games. Um, but I'm liking this game enough that I'm at least going to jump back in with nine S and play it and see where I go from there. The game is not, like I said, 16 hours I beat it in and I did a lot of side stuff. Um, and you're, you're some, I think your level carries over. So you're not like starting from ground zero all over again. Um, yeah. but yeah, I think I'm going to, I'm at least going to play through it again and see what I think. And I can probably fly through that, you know, that portion in seven, eight hours. Um, hopefully, um, yeah, if this was like a 30, 40 hour thing, which it totally could be, um, if you did like all the side stuff. There's a lot of side quests in that game. I picked up and I don't, I don't, didn't do, maybe I probably did a third of what the side quests I found. Um, but yeah, it's, it is definitely an incredible game. The style, uh, the characters are really interesting. Um, the fighting, the combat is fantastic. I think it's the, 
the best part of the game. Uh, and the enemies are always fun. It's like it's super weird. It's like, so kind of, I, I guess what's weird is going on is they're trying to like, like these robots that you're fighting. Like the aliens made these robots, and um, they're like acting like super weird. Like some of them are friendly now. Some like there's a whole village where they're just like now they feel like emotions. They are like they're basically these robots have been on Earth so long that they're kind of like um, imitating human behavior. Mm-hmm. So like now they're starting to like act like humans. And there's like one portion of the game, and it's this is a couple hours in, so it's not a huge spoiler. So you actually like find like all these robots, and you're like simulating like human sex, <laughs> like what? Like they're like humping, like they're like dry humping each other, and like one of them looks like it's going down on on the other one there. So that's really weird. Um, so it's like <laughs> super weird, like this whole game, and like uh, it's just like you're sitting like, what the fuck is happening right now? And like so many things like just happen. And it sounds like they explain it in the other playthroughs. It's just they throw so much stuff at you. And it's like, if you just played this game as 2B and you thought the game was over, you'd be so lost. Like, I, I had the kind of the luxury going in. There's actually, like, 26 endings, but there's, like, five core endings. Um, okay. But there's, like, you can just go off. Like, I found three endings so far. I, I, I got, uh, there's one ending for each letter in the alphabet. So, tw- you know, 26 endings. But, like, I found, like, one ending where I, I ate a, a mackerel fish uh, and a side quest. And it's like, yeah, it sounds like... Uh, these fish like screw up androids. Um, and this like person's like this person. This character's name is Jackass, by the way. And she's like, uh, "Can you eat this? Because I want to like study and find out what it does to you." And you die. Like, and that, and you, you get the credits. But like the credits go through like really fast, and it's like fast forwarding. Like the song is like going super fast. It's like ten seconds, and then uh, it takes you right back to the main menu to start up again. Uh, and then I found another ending. Um, I think that was ending K. And then I found ending G. Um, where like I, it told me like I was doing the following the main uh, quest and it's like go here and I found like this branching pattern I'm like oh almost maybe I'll lead up to like a chest or something so I went that way and all of a sudden it just fades to black credits again fast forward ten seconds take it back to the main menu if that was ending G uh, so there's a bunch of like yeah it's just this game is I don't know but it's it's awesome like I really enjoy uh-huh. this game. Uh, to the point where, like, I, you know, like I said, I want to, I want to replay this game again. We're going through a nine. This game was, any, if it was anything else, I wouldn't, I don't think I'd want to be interested into, interested in it. But the story, and the characters, and the combat, everything about this game is just like, yeah, I want to, I'm totally interested to see what changes. Um, so yeah, fucking, it's you could probably find it fairly cheap now. Uh, it's been out for, I think, it came out like March, so. Last March. So, kind of got buried, you know, with the Switch and Breath of the Wild and yeah. Mass Effect and Horizon and everything that came out. kind of came out in a bad time. Uh, and I think a lot of people missed out on it, um, it sounds like. Uh, and this is a game, I think, um, if you like Platinum Games and you like s- some crazy Japanese shit uh, and Metal Gear Solid in any sort of way, like, this might be your kind of thing. So, yeah. Two big thumbs up for me. Uh, I wish I can go back now and... Uh, redo my game of the year list because it would be on there um i don't know where yet but it'd be on there um but gables you kind of talked about it already um tell me more about dragon ball fighters is it fighters or is it fighter z i just call it fighter z but namco wants to call it fighters for some stupid reason but 2002 uh... stop that shit ain't cool anymore (laughs) well anyway my experience with dragon ball fighter z has been a very positive one so for starters, the gameplay of it is very simple, very smooth. 
as a matter of fact, when you go through, when you first start up the game, you're trying to go through and do a lot of practices for, like, combos and this and that. Just the adequateness of how good combos feel when you're putting, when you're, like, you're pulling them off. It just feels like you're a, like, you're completely, like, a different type of player. The reason why I say that is because it, it makes, it's the barrier to entry for this fighting game is so much more basic than, say, other fighting games, that whenever I'm pulling off combos or whenever I'm putting pulling off, like, a whole bunch of different things, I feel like I'm a pro at doing it, and it looks fantastic when you do it. But, uh, let's see. As far as how much time I've spent on the game, I've spent roughly around 30 hours so far playing this game. Damn. And I gotta, I gotta admit, man, it's like, this game is really addicting. The story mode for it, you know, it's hit and miss here and there, but there are three separate campaigns for everything. You have the hero's arc, you have the villain's arc, and then you have, like, the separate arc here for, like, the androids and other things as well. So there definitely is a bunch of replayability once you're finished with, like, a couple of the different campaigns. On top of that, it also has other features, let's say, like, like an arcade mode where you can go through, like, four different types of, uh, like, four different types of arcade mode, like, courses and stuff but they branch off as well so there are actually different factors that you could do that you could possibly go through and just branch off into different scenarios and stuff so it has a lot of replay value there as well is if you try to do like 100% completion on certain aspects of the game on top of that on top of that and stuff there are different types of combo challenges for each fighter as of this moment I have gotten 100% completion for most of the fighters in this game. Huh. The only ones that I haven't gotten is like maybe three or four at this point in time. But I'll tell you what, the characters that I liked using the most, I like using Hit, the character named Hit and stuff like that. Then there's Goku Black and uh, there's a Super Saiyan God Vegeta, which all three of these characters I can easily go through, do a couple of combos with, just do a whole bunch of variations to their different combos. And it's definitely feels it feels more comfortable for me because i can easily through launch my opponent up in the air race to them do like a couple of like light or heavy like light or medium attacks and then execute a special so seamlessly i can go through and just literally deplete my opponent's like bar by like almost like a quarter or by half or this the pace is so intense with this game it's stylized a three-on-three fighter similar to that of a Marvel vs. Capcom game. You can also do assists with different characters, also kind of based around that type of concept. I'm still trying to get used to switching fighters on the go, which I can technically if I hold down the L1 or the L2 button. Let's see. Other types of stuff I've done with this game, I have... Currently, on my road to 1,000, I've won 10 competitive games, 10 world-ranked games so far. And the last couple wins that I've done, I won four in a row by having my same team that I've been using of Super Saiyan God Vegeta, Hit, and Goku Black, all of which have combos that you can just go a little bit more advanced of or do variations of it. I basically go towards characters where I feel like I can get a lot more complexity from their movesets and not so much like a basic sort of, oh, this is the only way I can do this or the only way I can do that. So in that type of regards, I don't try to go for, like, say, characters like a Krillin, Yamcha, or Tien or something like that. Well, fun to use, and they're very fun to just try to, like, experiment with and stuff and just catch people off guard. I kind of tend to shy away from them because they don't have a lot of different types of moves that I realize at this time that I could easily pull off and stuff. 
So as you can tell, though, I'm trying to get a little bit more better. I'm trying to get a little... I'm trying to get more competitive in playing this game. But uh, as of how everything stands right at the moment, I'm not too sure, like, which character's the best or which characters are this and that. I mean, hell, it's so early on in this game's launch that... Uh, I won't really know too much about the competitive landscape of this game until maybe like a month or two passes. And considering how I'm basically going on for like 1,000 wins and stuff, it's going to be definitely a trial to just go through, not only just face different people, but... Oh, boy. Tackle with one of the main issues I have with this game, and that is the online lobby system. Uh, I've seen this. I don't like it. Yes, the online lobby system is interesting in ways where when you start up the game, you're presented in this hub world. We get to navigate to different spots from practice mode to story mode to, like, fight online and this and that. I mean, the core concept is all right and stuff like that. I don't think it's, like, the best at what could have been, like, what could have been possible. But the main issues I have is there are a whole bunch of different lobby rooms that you can connect with each type of... Uh, regions, different types of, like, uh, countries, this and that and stuff. If you wanted to, you can go and connect to the Canadian servers and like that and face people in Canada or face people, like, in Australia or whatever the heck. But the main issue... Don't fight the French Canadians, they just drop out, by the way. <laughs> but uh, my main issue is with the online connection with uh, this game through their lobby servers and stuff. Their max that they have at one time is, like, 6 4. So there are a whole bunch of rooms, like maybe 20, 30 rooms in a different type of server or something like that, where it's just holding a whole bunch of people. There are times if you're playing specific modes, it'll just randomly pop up and say, oh, you have left the lobby, you know, randomly. Now, I came up with issues when I've been trying to stream this game over the past couple weeks, where it's like, I'm going through, I'm streaming, I'm having a good time, and stuff. I'm playing in the middle of the match, and all of a sudden, <laughs> my, con my connection to the server disconnects while I'm streaming. And I'm like... Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? And this is how I've chalked up, like, the losses that I've had currently. I have won 10, but I've, I have literally played, like, about over 20-something matches. And about half the time that I've tried streaming while playing these matches, I've been losing connection. And I've been handed losses just because of that. So that, in and of itself, is kind of one of the biggest downfalls I have currently with this game. Huh. The servers need to incorporate... Whenever somebody has to go with just stream live on this and that and stuff, I'm unaware of what is going on with like the uh, the Steam version of the game. And trust me, I have thought about buying the Steam version of the game because hell, I love this game so much I could actually play it on Steam if I wanted to. But uh, yeah, that's basically what I've been playing. Talk. I've just been playing Dragon Ball Fighter Z, yeah. and it has been a blast. That's awesome. Yeah, I've been. Uh, sounds like the PS4. Um, audience is bigger than pc yeah. but pc is pretty it's still pretty strong um so yeah if you're gonna play online it sounds like ps4 might be the way to go uh yeah like i said even i'm like tempted by this game like just i wasn't until like it came out and then everybody's talking about it and i started watching videos I'm like i don't give a shit about dragon ball z but this game just it, looks like fun it looks even, incredibly fast i know incredibly even fun. if you're off put by like the source material and stuff this is a very good fighting game through and through yeah, yeah, it looks awesome. I watched your I watched your stream, uh, I think sometime last week, and I was just like, yeah, okay, yeah. My I've I've added it. It's been in the cart a few times. I just, <laughs> haven't, hit the, I just haven't hit the purchase button yet. It's like I know I'm gonna get it eventually. I just too much right now, buddy. Too much right now. I know. Uh, but um, since we've been gone, 
Since we've been gone. <laughs> Damn it. I can't wait. <laughs> Ugh, fuck. I'm sorry, guys. You can stop listening now because I've ruined it for everybody. Uh, no, uh, but in the time we've been out, uh, a lot of uh, things have been happening in gaming news-wise. It's been a busy month for um, gaming news. and Yes. Uh, it's like we talked about in the past. It seems like when it used to be just like E3 in the in the fall was all the video game stuff happened. Now it's constant, um, especially with games. We had like Monster Hunter and, uh, excuse me, Dragon Ball Z both came out on the same day. Uh, Celeste is out now. That game's supposed to be fucking fantastic. Uh, I want to play that. I want to check that one game. That game out. You've heard about that game? I have heard about Celeste, and I definitely am interested in the material. I'm definitely interested in the gameplay of it. Probably going to be a while until I pick it up, though. Yeah, same. I just heard it gets pretty brutal, but there's assist mode on there, so I might play it. Um, to kind of, I, I'm, I don't know if you guys, if you guys know this, but I'm really bad at video games. Um. But yeah, it's been you know it's been a crazy uh, month already. But uh, jumping into some of the news, uh, there's a few quick things really we can kind of go over here. There's not really anything too much to discuss really. It's just a couple of release dates. Uh, God of War uh, is got an official release date uh, yeah. coming out on April 20th. So Oof. on 420, we're all gonna be smoking weed, playing with our Nintendo Labo <laughs> and playing God of War. Uh, all at the same so, time. Yeah, all at the same time. So people are going to burn their houses down because they're going to like put try to put the ashes of their marijuana cigarette out on the labo and it's going to catch on fire. Um, and yeah. they have nothing but Mountain Dew to help drench the yeah. fire. Yeah, Mountain Dew, but little did I know, Mountain Dew is just fuel at this point for fire. <laughs> just pure gasoline. And then the, your Dorito bag is just, you know, that's just more fuel. Um, yeah, no, that's coming out uh, April 20th. And Red Dead Redemption 2 uh, was supposed to come out this spring, heavy rumors for May, uh, and now is coming out on October 26th. So Nice. Um, got a war, got a new trailer, new story trailer out. Nothing new, like no new um, trailer or screenshots or anything. For Red, Dead Redemption, Red Dead Redemption 2. I can't talk today. <laughs> um, I don't know why I said it like that, but I did. You said it like Bob Dylan, so that's what made it even better. Oh, oh awesome. Thank you. I feel really good about myself right now. I'm really happy now. Thank you, Gables. <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, thank you. Uh, I'm more excited about that, what you just said there, than I am for Red Dead Redemption 2. Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, what are, are you Are you excited for these games? I guess we haven't really talked about them too much, but really. No, we um, haven't. Since they announced the games existed. Um, but personally... I've already pre-ordered God of War. Uh, to me, first time I've been excited about a God of War game since I played the first one. Uh, I didn't really care for it back in the day, um, but I am excited for this one. Um, and you know, I've talked about a lot before about Rockstar games. Bully is the only Rockstar game that matters to me. Um, <laughs> so I'm still waiting on Bully too. Um, that, keep that dream alive. Um, but what about you, Gables? Well, you know what? I am excited about like uh, God of War and how that performs. It looks almost vastly different than how it would be, like say on the last generation platforms and this and that. So yeah. I'm interested in seeing how well it does. For Red Dead Redemption 2, I still haven't seen a whole hell of a lot of it, so I'm undecided about it, but I'm glad that it has a concrete date right now. So that's pretty much my two cents about it. Yeah, cool. I'm sure we'll hear a lot more. Um, as you know, God of War, sure we probably won't hear much more, but uh, Red Dead Redemption 2... I assume we'll be... Oop, hit my 
Mike there again, damn it. Uh, I'm, I, uh, I'm sure we'll hear a lot more coming up E3 and as we get closer to the fall time. That's probably going to be the big key third-party release um, up there with you know, Call of Duty and whatever EA shooter comes out this year. Um, but uh, I don't know if we should go to the big stuff first or some of the smaller stuff. You know, we're going to jump into the Nintendo stuff. So there's a couple big things, I think, uh, but we'll, we'll talk about that. We'll leave the big stuff for last. Um, but a few Nintendo things to run over real quick. Um, there is uh, officially a Marvel's move. Mar- Marvel, what the fuck? <laughs> Mario game in the world. Mar- fuck. Mar- Mario movie in the works. I can't talk tonight. Um, so this movie will be made by Illumination, uh, makers of Despicable Me and Minions, and it will be co-produced by Shigeru Miyamoto. Oh, okay. So, um, yeah. Wow. Are, are we? Yeah. I don't know, hey, man. I don't know. You know what? This. You know what? With Miyamoto, you know, at least helping out with this type of stuff, you know, it's going to be going inside the right direction since he knows yeah. clear view of how Mario should be. So at least it's somewhat of a positive there, even though like the producers in general, the same people that are responsible for Despicable Me and Minions. I mean, I've never watched the movies, but they are grossly, vastly popular to a sickening degree. So. Yes. I'm remaining positive about this Mario movie. It'll be the first yeah. time in over 20 years that there's been a Mario movie. Of course, we, we do just... not say, well, shit not be said with Bob Hoskins yeah. Yeah. and we, John Leguizamo. Well, you took the words right out of my mouth. I need those. I need, we need to get Bob Hoskins from the grave. And <laughs> those two need to voice the characters. That's the only <laughs> way to make this, this work. And then we also need, um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, from uh, Play Comeback as Bowser. Oh my god! That weird dinosaur thing to play uh, Yoshi again. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm gonna try to be. I'm gonna try to remain positive. I, I am excited to see this. Like for like, it seems like the 20th time. Uh, I'm gonna try to convince myself that we might actually get a good video game movie um, for the first time ever. Uh, but I don't know. The minions thing is kind of scares me just because I've never even seen them and I already hate them. Uh, <laughs> it drive me. The, the thing, those things make me fucking. Ugh. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it could be good. Could be good. I, I would rather have a Captain Toad movie. I think there's a lot more, um, a lot more you can go with Captain Toad. You know, you know wh- wh- who the fuck is Mario? Who the fuck's that guy? Captain Toad's the real, the real star. You know, they're gonna have like Charles Martinet just voice Mario and stuff for that movie, and he's not gonna have any really vast spoken amounts of dialogue. He's just gonna go woohoo. <laughs> yeah, but if you get Captain Toad though, it's just a story of him just like searching for shit, and there's a giant bird. Um, attacking him. He's just trying to get stars, you know? Let him, let him get stars. Uh, so, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, it, I'm going to remain optimistic, but, I mean, this I mean, it's an animated movie. It's going to be four or five years probably before even that movie comes out. It'll probably be a few years before you even see anything on it concrete. Um, but next up, um, Mario Kart Tour is uh, the... I don't know if it's the next, but it's the newest um, smartphone game. That's going to be, uh, that was announced for uh, smartphones. I never said that. Uh, but, yeah, it's coming out uh, somewhere between April 2018 and March 2019. So it's next next fiscal year. Uh, that's all they said. Um, no news on what it's going to be, how it's going to play, if it's going to be a game. Um, I So far, I've been pretty disappointed in the Nintendo games. Like, I, I, I me, Tomo is not really a game, but that was kind of lame um and that's actually gonna be they're already closing it down in may mm-hmm. um super mario run was 
meh, you know. Uh, and it sounds like Animal Crossing was cool for a few weeks and everybody uh, dropped off on it. Fire Emblem Heroes, it's got a, seems like it has still, it's still, it's still going pretty strong. It's still going con- pretty strong from what I understand, yeah. though. Yeah, and it still has constant updates. They just celebrated like their one year and had a big event going on. And it sounds like there's a pretty good audience for it. Um, probably, you know, when there's supposed to be a Zelda game coming out, too, for the smartphones. Uh, I'm, I'm just kind of curious what this game is going to be. Is it going to be like a um, kind of a broke down version of like Mario Kart? Is it gonna, like, you know, just smaller, like just a cheap version of that? I don't know. what. It, I, I'm just kind of curious what it could be besides that. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know what you mean, man. It's like it's it's kind of hard to think of Mario Kart on smartphones as it is, you know. But mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about maybe like an automatic kind of scrolling sort of thing where you have your racer that's automatically on the track and then try to use like gyroscope and other type of buttons on the screen for items and this type of shit. And mm-hmm. I, the more I think about it, the more I kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Uh, I think I'll stick with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean. I just, I, I, to me, it just seems kind of crazy that they put a Mario Kart game, like a real Mario Kart game, on the on the smartphone when they can, yeah, when they sell Mario Kart games at a premium price, you know, 60, 40, 60 bucks, depending on what consoles on. Um, so it'd be, I'm kind of curious what it's actually going to turn out to be. Uh, maybe it's just a handful of tracks. Maybe it's like it's going to be more of a premium game, like Super Mario Run was, where you pay yeah. ten bucks and and you can maybe buy tracks at a you know a dollar piece. Uh, excuse me Whew. excuse me uh but i don't know i'm I, I am this is the most excited i've been about a nintendo smartphone game since super mario run yeah uh and maybe this can be a good one but i you know i think a lot of people were optimistic about animal crossing and i think people some like people really liked it but it was just one of those games that after it's just you know, it was a game that after a week or two it came one of those time kind of waste games and people once you kind of get out of the rhythm of playing those games uh, and I've got hooked on a couple of those before, uh, you know, after like a week or two, it's like, oh, okay. you, you miss a day or two or you, you forget about something, you know, you're going back and doing it this time. You just kind of stop caring. So it sounds like that's kind of what's going on with it already. Um, but for Nintendo, last but not least, actually, there's one other thing that's not in the show notes, but I'll, I'll, I'll go, I'll jump to that one next. Okay. Uh, but Nintendo online services, uh, is officially going to be out this September. Uh, we already knew this, but it's 20 bucks a year. Or it's four dollars a month, or eight dollars for three months. Um, so yeah, we finally have. A, it was supposed to be, you know, it was supposed to come out. I think last fall. And yep. They said it was going to come out um, this spring, and now it's officially coming out in September. So uh, I don't mean. Is this something you think you'll pick up? Day you know, you're going to be willing to pay for twenty bucks a year, not knowing anything else about it. Um, I'm not really too sure at this moment in time because I don't know very much about it other than the fact, hey, it's online services. You get to play certain things online. I need to know more what's offered for this service before I invest at this point. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm kind of in the same boat, really. I think, I don't think, I think Nintendo's smart enough to know that their online games is not enough to sell this, even though it's only 20 bucks. It's not, as far as gaming is an expensive hobby and, and 20 bucks over the course of a year ain't a lot of money. Especially when nope. you pay, you know, like I, I pay sixty bucks a year for PS Plus, which yeah, I'm totally, it's totally worth it to me. Um, Xbox Live, sixty bucks a year for that. I and I fucking never go on that thing, but I, I never go on it. But I don't, I'm not really feel like I waste my money. I, I'll go on there and I'll get like the free games and whatever. And that's it. Uh, but 
Yeah, I think with this, they need to they they I, they recognize that if they don't have big third party support, especially for online games, they're not gonna get battle the next Battlefield, the next Destiny, Call of Duty. Um, at least not yet. I mean, obviously they're not gonna get you know. Um, I, I doubt I doubt they'll get Call of Duty or Battlefield, but I think eventually they could get you know some online focused games. Um, but they know that there's not enough out there um, coming out on a consistent basis to. Uh, just solely be, hey, now you got to pay to play online. And especially when we've been playing online at this point in September for a year and a half. And the online, it's still pretty dated in a way where I mean, we're playing what this feels like it, it's less than 360, but it's more than what the original Xbox was. Yeah. Uh, from just online services. And I'm curious to see what maybe changes they'll do. And I talked about a couple weeks ago. Um, with the longer this got delayed, the better, the, the better it, could, it would be. I thought that means maybe more time and focused on getting the online portion, right? Uh, but if yeah, it just stays what it is, it's not worth it. And plus you think about like, they're what, probably the three biggest online games franchises they have three of, of maybe the four or five, um, at that point in September, we've, we've been out for over a year. You're looking at arms, platoon two and Mario Kart eight deluxe, uh, Obviously, the rumor has been out there, and I've been talking about it forever. Where I thought for sure, like uh, Smash Brothers would be coming out. We don't have like a release date for Smash Brothers, uh, the deluxe edition, whatever, and they'd be coming out with this. But I figured the online would come out in March or April or whatever. So I, I think then that's been the, the big talk is Smash Brothers will be the probably be the big game that comes out with it, which would be smart. Same day as online services, probably their biggest game outside of Mario Kart Eight or Mario Kart uh, as far as franchises go for online. Uh, that'd be the, probably the biggest splash they can make. Uh, but they, they also, at that point, they, they know, I'm sure, and I'm, I'm, I hope they know and they do, but what comes with it? What's in this package? Are we going like, are we going to finally get that, the, um, uh, like all the old Nintendo games, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, 64 games, GameCube games. Is that going to be like yeah. a Netflix style thing? Is that, are we looking like an Xbox games pass kind of thing? PlayStation now thing. Um, is this going to be like, yeah, you get a one or two free games a month. Like what is this? Like what's going to be the selling point with this? That's a good uh, point. Is, is the thing I'm most interested. In. Like you said, like what's coming with it? It's not like because I don't know how many people are out there really going to you know uh, pay twenty bucks a year for this and actually just, play online consistently enough that this matters. Go ahead. Well, that's, that's just the thing. The thing about it is the reason why gamers go for and like pay sixty dollars a year for Xbox Live or pay sixty dollars a year for PSN is not just because to play games online, but because we earn free games every month as a result of that. And on top of that, we have other options. Say if we wanted to, we can go on to PlayStation Network and do like the whole PSN Now type of thing, even though it's not the most adequate in terms of like streaming services and stuff like that. We still have the option to do that. We have an access to Game Pass for like say Xbox Live where we can go and not only get well pay a specific amount per year in order to play certain games, we also have like a whole bunch of different options to play as type of games as we want to play. So it kind of interests me to see what Nintendo actually has in store with this Nintendo stuff. But you know what? At the moment, it's like it's it's sort of like it's sort of like a mixed bag because for one, we don't know exactly what's going to be presented along with this online service. I mean, they could have a virtual console thing, they could have other types of retro games and stuff, or they could not. You know, it's it's at its point and stuff where it's like if it's twenty dollars a year, it's it just gives you the element where they can almost do anything with it, but at the same time, I'm not really expecting a lot 
coming out from this whole thing, you know, for the whole yeah. $20 for this, so... Yeah, especially yeah. you know, like we talk about Nintendo sometimes, like it seems like the the easy home run they they just kind of bunt, yep. uh with things. And I don't know, I, I you know I'm I I I will remain optimistic, and I'm you know if they don't have like the Netflix style thing in there, I'm fine with that. But I'd like to see like remember they had like when they first announced the online service that you had to pay for that you got a free game every month for NES game every month, but you only got it for that month, and if you want continue to play you got to purchase it but at a discount uh it sounds like i think they backed away from that and um that maybe i don't know maybe if we got the if we got the free game every month or free game or two every month for the virtual console and then online to me that's that's enough 20 bucks for a year and you get one or two free depending on what they are hopefully it's not just some like like ice hockey or tennis um or some just random super nintendo game uh but give, give us some good core stuff um at least first, uh, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm I'm still optimistic about the virtual console. I'm still hoping, rooting for like a you know GameCube get that out there and get the good shit out there first. Like we, they still they've been doing the the virtual console thing for like over a decade now. And you look at like Pokemon Snap came out in like January before the Switch came out, when the Wii U has been dead for a long time. Or you look at like Pokemon Stadium games have never come out on virtual console. Yeah, there's no real reason for it. They just haven't done it. Yeah. Uh, so I, there's so many, I think, easy things they could do, like Smash Brothers games. I don't think they ever came to the um, the virtual console, at least for the Wii U. Um, so there's so many like easy decisions that I feel like they can do, and I hope they just obviously you don't want to give, put all the good shit out there right away, but um, you know sprinkle them in a little better, I guess, and advertise them a little bit more instead of you know it's like. The, you look. You have to like go on the switch like every like whatever day it's going to be Wednesday or Thursday, and see what's out there. Like, hey, on next next Wednesday, Super Mario Bros. Three is coming to the Virtual Console. You know, I I want them just to be make it a bigger thing than it is, especially now with the audience they have. And the next yes. thing I want to talk about really is they officially surpassed uh, the Wii U, um, and it's already beaten by I think about a million, a little over a million maybe now. With a I month it, still left to go, they did that in eleven yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. Less than 11 months. It was like 10 and a half months. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I think it was like 14.7 million uh, sold at um, as of about a week ago um, or earlier this week. I can't remember quite when it when they came out. So, you got to think they'll easily be at 15 million by by March 3rd when the one year anniversary. Yep. Uh, and possibly somewhere about 16 at the rate they're going. Uh, maybe not because there's not really a big game coming out between Mark now and other than the Bayonetta um, uh, port, there's nothing really big coming out for it. So between now and March 3rd. Yeah. But I don't I mean, we've talked about, it seems like we talk about like every quarter or every couple months, the switch is selling fantastic. There's not really much more to add to it. You know, like this thing has been a phenomenon for the last year now. And it seems like um, when Nintendo does make a blunder, they have like, 50 other cool things to like make up for that blunder. Yep. Where in the past they just had a bunch of blunders and then once in a blue moon, you got something really cool. Uh, so yeah, I mean, still incredible. I don't really know what else more to say other than that. What about you Gables? I really don't have too much more to continue on with that. I was just saying that, Hey, it's just amazing for the fact that the switch has been that successful over the span of less than a year that, 
not only outlasting the Wii U in terms of lifetime sales, but also just getting a whole bunch of people just interested in all at once. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. I mean, like now for the first time in about a decade, people have been really excited about Nintendo and it's been the hot commodity in gaming. And you got, it's just now that now the big thing is, is um, sustaining that and taking it to bigger heights uh where something you look at they couldn't keep the momentum with the wii where it was for the first what year or two was out it was the biggest thing out there and then it just kind of became you know something that people just sat people's closet other than you know there's obviously like a a lot of hardcore fans uh and stuff but you know like for the most part um other than the hardcore nintendo fans you know there wasn't really much playing and those hardcore nintendo fans went to the wii u that's pretty much what you got so yeah I, i am I'm just kind of curious what what Nintendo is going to do. Hopefully, do things differently. Hopefully, I mean, obviously, we are all rooting for Nintendo. We all are here because of Nintendo, um, and we want them to see, do well because they do well. It's only better for gaming, and that just means we get more badass games. So, um, yeah. So yeah, I'd be. I'm. Uh, it should be pretty cool. See, hopefully, um, see what they got for the future. Yeah. Um. So I'm probably. I'm still more hyped for their E3 press conference again this year uh, than I am for anybody else's, uh, just like last year. So, Still cross my fingers for uh, Captain Toad 2 um, and Bully 2. Bully 2, Switch <laughs> exclusive, make it happen. Um, and it comes packed in with Captain Toad 2. I'll pay, I'll pay $200 for that. Uh, I'm not even kidding. I'll fucking pay, pay $200 for that game, for those games. Um but moving on, uh, so the kind of the big things that that happened, I think. Uh, moving on, to, I, I think starting off with Xbox Game Pass, uh, I think it got announced early last year, and it kind of came out, um, I think, last summer, and it was like really their answer to PlayStation Now, uh, Xbox's answer to PlayStation Now, but it actually seemed cooler, where you can actually, um, it was like a Netflix style for gaming, where it's like here's all these, a uh, lot of old ba- uh, backwards compatible games for 360. I think there's some OG Xbox games in there. I'm not quite sure. Uh, and then there's some older, you know, some other games that have been out for a little bit on the on this generation. Um, Ten bucks a month, really cheap price. Um, they have officially announced Xbox has that every first party exclusive game that Xbox releases will now be available on Game Pass day one. Damn. Uh, so for Sea of Thieves is the, is the first big one that's going to come out for it. Uh, See if these releases on March 20th. It's going to be 60 bucks in stores. Or for, you can get Xbox Games Pass for 10 bucks a month and you can play it on there. Um, so essentially you can play Sea of Thieves for $10. Uh, they also mentioned Crackdown 3, State of K2, which are both coming out this year, or scheduled to, um, will be in there as well. Uh, and they already they even mentioned the next Halo and Gears of War games will be, be on there as well. So I'm, I'm assuming this Forza, Forza games will be on there. Um so th- to me this uh is a a game changer uh for lack of a better term it's uh this could totally change uh gaming forever like this is there you can't like this is you Pandora, Pandora's box you've opened you can't you know you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube i don't know how many more analogies i can come up with i'm running out but this hmm. is huge i think this is awesome like i wish you know we've all been everybody's been critical of xbox in their first party exclusives but uh and they've 
tried. They've made some new ones and like Quantum Break I really liked, but I don't think it really found a big audience. Uh, but they relied heavily on Halo, Gears of War, and Forza. But um, you know, I look at like Sea of Thieves. I had a game I had zero interest in. Now, now I'm kind of like, maybe I'll, I kind of want to check the game out. Ten bucks, give it a shot. Uh, Crackdown three. I don't really care about the Crackdown games, but uh, I liked the first one back in the day. But Crackdown two was pretty bad. But now, you know, like ten dollars is like, all right, I could justify that. You know, I now I'll, I will actually try Crackdown three because. Of it's ten bucks, you know, sixty bucks. It's definitely no. an interesting concept. Yeah, this Game Pass is definitely an interesting. Oh man, that whole Game Pass stuff and this recent announcement that they made—it's—it's it's fascinating to think of this. It's like what you said, Tyler. A Pandora's box has been opened because not only can you play, can you actually play Sea of Thieves for quintessentially or any type of like Microsoft first-party games that come out like this year onwards and stuff where it's like hey you pay for the game pass hey you get the game day one there you go there's like a free rental thing right then and there you know you download the game you can play it whenever you feel fit and stuff like that and stuff and it's like you don't have to go out to pay like sixty dollars for the damn physical copy of it and not only that it's like a lot of that stuff can be playable on the pc as well meaning if you get the game pass that potential thing with stuff where you could just man that, I don't know if it, that's just freaking crazy, though. I don't think it works for PC because you do have to, to have, for Game Pass. You do have to have Xbox Live Gold. Right, right, right. Um, but even so, so, you could you could technically still have Xbox Live Gold and then go through and start downloading things on PC, like say, oh, okay. for example, Gears of War Four. Technically, I bought the game digitally, and I can oh. download that game on my PC and play it whenever I feel like it because oh, of their okay. Xbox Play Anywhere thing. Yeah, maybe. So, yeah. So, think of it this way, Tyler. It's like, if you have Game Pass, and you have access to, say, like, an Xbox One controller, plug it into your PC, you can connect, technically, because of Windows 10, to Xbox, like, the Xbox Market Store and stuff like that, Xbox Live, this and that, and download the games and play them on there. So, it's like, this is definitely a step in the right direction, business-wise, for Microsoft, is because... From what exclusives they do have and the very amounts of interests that Microsoft is trying to pursue in order to get more exclusive stuff for their platform, in a way it opens audiences' eyes and stuff to try out these new games, which they probably wouldn't have had much interest in because of the $60 tag, but it also goes through and like has people going through just spending more in terms of like this type of streaming things not only for the game pass but with other types of backwards compatibilities microsoft the past couple years have done a fantastic job in trying to lure more people into their fold and stuff in terms of having backwards compatibility to not only 360 but xbox games implementing a game pass thing where now they could pay like what ten dollars or so a year or yep. something like that ten bucks a in month. or ten bucks a month my mistake ten bucks a month in order to play any amount of games they have on their service download it, play whenever they feel like, and now with the acquisition and now with the announcement that there's going to be new games day one available on their on their service that you could download, quintessentially, like, pay, you know, quintessentially play and stuff without having to even go to a store, a brick-and-mortar store, pay $60 for in their store, in, like, any type of brick-and-mortar things. It's freaking crazy to think yeah. about that. Yeah. Um... Like I said, I'm I'm more interested now in finally playing my Xbox uh, than ever, uh, and I'm willing to like you know I'm, I'm more willing now to give these games a shot for 
you know, 10 bucks. I play Sea of Thieves for a couple hours. I'm like, ah, I don't really care for it. I'm out 10 bucks. You know, instead of me buying it for going to the store, buying 60 bucks, or I use my, I, you know, I have the, the gamer thing, whatever, I can't remember what it's called for Best Buy. I pay $30 for every two years. I get 20% off all the games. So, paying still 45, 50 bucks for that game. And, you know, maybe I trade it in and I get 30 bucks back. So, I'm out 20 bucks. Um, for this, play it, 10 bucks, and there's a hundred other games or hundreds of other games that you can play um, on the service. And just like with like everything else, like I have Amazon Prime. I pay for it every month. I don't pay the yearly thing. I do it monthly. It's like 10 bucks a month or 12 bucks a month, something like that. I'll go like weeks without even looking at it. But I never cancel it. You know, I, I still got it. Netflix, I, I use Netflix every day, but I've, I've gone stretches where I forgot I totally had it for like four or five months. And I just never yep. looked at it. Um, I never got rid of it though. I was paying 10 bucks a month and I, I just look, I'm like, ah, fuck, I forgot to cancel it. Ah, it's 10 bucks, whatever. And I just kept it, never got rid of it. You know, we're, we can be very lazy people at times. And especially when it's just a small amount of money. It's like, ah, I got to go on the computer and then I sign in. I got, ah, what the fuck's my password again? Okay. And I click all these buttons. I'm going to ask you 20 questions why you're doing this. And they're going to offer you a deal, whatever. And even people just don't do it. And like, I remember I quit watching wrestling for like six months. Yep. I didn't cancel my, like, I, I didn't watch it for like six months, but I didn't cancel my WWE Network subscription for like after like two or three months so they got like i never used it but i got 20 30 dollars out of me you know um and i'm in me the first thing when i read this was like immediately the thing i thought of was like on a much smaller scale but the, the wwe with the network uh yeah where's like now all the pay-per-views are on there for um 10 bucks a month where they were charged and the pricing is like almost exactly the same uh where they were charging 60 dollars for a pay-per-view doing 12 pay-per-views a year um, but they're, you know, on, I think they're getting, uh, there's like 2.5 million pay-per-view buys a year, um, out of those 12 at 60 bucks pop, a lot of money, but their way they're looking at it was, well, we give, you know, we can get 2 million people a year to pay us $10 a month, uh, instead of, you know, every month people, a few hundred thousand spend $60, uh, for this pay-per-view. We'll make a lot more money, and they ate shit for a little while. That actually they lost a lot of money, and now um, they're not, right now at WWE going. I, sorry for the wrestling stories here, but that's usually what I go to because the thing I know uh, about as well as you know gaming. Uh, but now the revenue is the highest it's ever been. The last quarter was the highest uh, quarter ever for revenue, not as far as profits go. The revenue highest it's ever been for them. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with where the WWE Network is now, where it took a long time to get a good audience, good strong audience. Um, when they finally got people there, people realized it was a good service and it worked. Um, you know, you got a lot of older you know, the WWE audiences skewed older, even though they're they try to skew towards children. Um, it took a long time to get those people to um, switch over, and they did, and now they're doing really, really well. And um, with this, I think, you know, they're probably going to need some shit for a little bit. It's probably going to hurt them um, in the long run. But you look at it, we're like, but maybe it won't actually. When you look at, like I'm talking about in the past, like Halo 5 only sold a couple million copies. Halo mm-hmm. Wars 2, um, a game with Halo in the title, only I think only sold a few hundred thousand. And it's on PC and it's on Xbox yeah. One. Uh, uh, Quantum Break, I think I, I think it sold a little over a million. Uh, Gears of War 4 sold... A few million, it's really well. Um, but 
their core games aren't selling like they once were. Halo, like we talked about a few weeks ago, like Halo is not that big of a bet like Halo 3 was, where it, that's like it took over the entertainment world. Uh, every bet game, I go on Xbox 360, I had 20 friends online, 18 of them were playing Halo 3. Mm-hmm. Like, this could be that for them all over again. This could take, they can take over the gaming. Like, I don't, they're never going to surpass um, uh, the PS4. Like, PS4, I think it just came out, it's like, 77 million sold already uh and it sounds like th- this year they're actually going to pass before the year in 2018 they're going to pass um ps3 numbers and it was like about 84 million wow uh, sold so they're going to pass ps3 already and they got a good shot of passing ps1 i think it's like 102 million something like that uh so the ps4 could by time this generation's over could be one of the three or four highest selling consoles of all time um so they're never gonna get there i think like the studies are showing around 30 million Xbox One sold really good selling, uh, you know, system wise. But when you're getting your competition is on pace to be one of the highest selling consoles of all time, you look really bad. And you look at uh, the Switch has been out for less than a year, and it's already about halfway to you. Um, but uh, yeah, anyways, I think this, you know, like you said, you're talking about earlier. They've done a lot of consumer friendly things. Uh, yes, they have. Xbox has, Microsoft has with this. Where like you look at like. The Xbox 360, when they did the backwards compatibility, compatibility stuff, and the same with the OG Xbox games, they could have just like put those back, did the virtual console thing, and like made you buy those games over again. But it's like, no, yep, you can like fucking give it to like you got the disc, you can put them in your Xbox One, and it works now. Uh, you can play those games. Not all of them. They you know, they add to it every so often. They gotta get gotta get permission from third party people, and it pissed off a lot of third party people too. A lot of their their people they work with in the business because they wanted to resell those games, but now they can't because now they got backwards compatibility. Um, so yeah, I mean, they're pissing people off, but they're doing some really cool things. And, uh, if they can get their, I think the, the core thing is right now is get their first party stuff, uh, in line and they've been trying, they definitely have. And it just seems like when they, when they go for it, they relied heavily on their stuff that they know works, but it's not doing as well as it once was. And the stuff they tried new, um, has kind of like, you know, they, Went to swung big and missed or didn't kind of get what they wanted. Um, sorry for the baseball analogies, guys. <laughs> I'm just, I don't know. That's what I got today. Um, but yeah, I, I this is huge. I think they're gonna at, at the very least when this when this is over when this generation is over. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. It's almost. It's a lot like last generation where it was like the PS3 at first uh, when it first was announced and the, the price point and all that was everybody panned it you know it was like ah this thing and it took a few years to get it going again but what turned it around was their business decisions and the games and by the end of the generation i think the final sales are like they're like about a million behind the xbox 360 and everybody talks about the 360 blew away everybody in the last generation and won the won the generation war which they probably did still but you look at sales, like, yeah, they won because of software sales by a large margin of the PS3. Yeah. But the console sales and the first-party exclusives of PS, uh, the PlayStation 3, is, like, that turned it around. And if they can get that around with, like, these doing, they're doing awesome business decisions. It's just unfortunate the games aren't there. Uh, but if they can get the games there, they can totally turn this whole ship around. Uh, and maybe by the end of the generation, it's going to be, it's, when yeah. we look at the sales numbers, like I said, they're not going to pass them. But maybe it's a lot. It's not as big as we thought it would be when you look at it on paper. It's definitely going to be a momentum. This is definitely something that's been building for 
now a better part of a year where the momentum is definitely looking inside of the the Microsoft company's favor when it comes to their gaming division, where it's they're doing a lot of these consumer-friendly things, and now it's building up to almost like a crescendo where we go forth maybe another year or two from now and stuff, and it's going to be a different landscape once again in terms of like games, in terms of content and stuff. Because we, we have known for a good while now and stuff, it's like if ever a company is on top in terms of the gaming industry, in terms of their platform, their games, their software and stuff, it could easily just shift into another direction the next generation. Nintendo had a good monopoly with their NES and Super Nintendo. Sony knocked it out of the park with their PlayStation, their PlayStation 2. Microsoft had their 360. I know Sony's, like, got their top things in terms of game stuff with their PS4 and stuff, but Nintendo is definitely having a whole bunch of momentum stuff with this sort of a weird cross-generation that we're still kind of experiencing in sort of a way. All I'm just saying is it's not really clear at the moment and stuff, but it seems like Microsoft is going to possibly kind of eventually match in terms of, like, uh, consumer friendliness, Sony, when it comes to not only just the sales of the con- their, like, their content and stuff, but just, like, the games they're trying their best to try to see maybe in the next few years where it's like, okay, let's see what we can do in terms of try- trying to match in terms of, like game content and this and that so i'm definitely going around in circles but yeah but my point still remains and stuff they are definitely in a good momentum shift yeah like i said it's a great point like this will be you know you look at like the where the ps3 was by the end of the last generation this could be the launching pad for next generation yes it Um, could and it could be crazy if like if they both come out with the ps5 and where the xbox next xbox is and they come out strong we look at like last generation, the Xbox One, they totally bungled that uh, thing, and then PS3 totally bungled that that generation before that. They both come out with like PS PlayStation's like we have all these killer games they're going to play on here, and Xbox is like, hey, we have all these killer consumer friendly things going on, and plus we got some good games coming. I mean, you can the next generation can be fucking fantastic. Yeah, um, and, I mean we still I think we still got a long ways to go with this generation, so maybe by the end of this generation it could be as well, but uh. All right, but moving on. Actually, no. Before we get there, Gabe, let's have a question for you. Yeah, what's up? Uh, Kirby Star Allies, the Switch game coming out uh, next month. Yeah. Do you do you think I like that game? Should I'm not it? sure. You know what? I'm not sure how how much into the Kirby games are you? Never played them. You never played them. No. Well, from what I can say, is they are good platforming games. They're sort of basic in terms of like. Uh, their design and sort of like their gameplay and stuff but if you feel like you want to go into like a game and stuff like that where you don't really have to think too much you can go through and just play it and just enjoy the content that's available i think it would be suitable for you okay i really like yoshi's woolly world yeah is this comparable yeah it is it definitely is comparable because the 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 gameplay itself is kind of a little bit different since kirby inhales components and stuff and copies their abilities but the kind of like the level design and sort of elements and stuff that this is like one of Masahiro Sakurai's like uh, crowning achievements in terms of like his game designs and stuff for Nintendo. So there are definitely some fun games in the Kirby franchise, and the stars the Star Successors one for Switch I feel will be a good game. Okay, cool. I'll probably check it out then. Uh, Justin, I know you're listening, so feature now. Text me please and let me let me know what your thoughts are. 
Uh, I'm curious. I got it pre-ordered, but I'm, I'm in you know I'm in the bubble. Plus, like this, there's a lot of games coming out in that time, so just don't want to get lost in the shuffle and just sit on my shelf forever. Um, but like I said, moving on to the final topic, um, another big one. Um, but Jason uh, Jason Schreier, I, can't, I have trouble saying his last name from right. Kotaku. He is like the fucking he's like scoops when it comes to getting all these big news from uh gaming just i don't know where yes. he gets the shit from but it seems like every month or so we have we talk about a story that he's broke um and he tell, he broke the big thing on what happened with mass effect andromeda um and with especially ea like he broke all the stuff with mass effect andromeda all the shit that went went there um then he would, uh, i think it was last december he broke all the things that happened with star wars battlefront 2 with all the um all the issues with the disney and disney getting mad at ea and then the microtransaction stuff uh and then also with um uh, when they closed down uh fuck, what's that what was the studio they just closed um um let's see it was like uh it was the company be it was ea what was it like the company behind uh dead space i think yeah it was. visceral this visceral. visceral games yes they closed them down he broke that story like i don't know what it's about especially with ea uh you know specifically but he's really good at getting inside information on that stuff but uh he's broken another story out about um anthem about and bioware um so sounds like bioware is basically double down uh double downing on anthem uh so i'm going to quote a lot of stuff that came from the article directly but uh go to kotaku check it out check out all his work he's really good um and i think i like a lot of his art i'm not a big kotaku guy but i always like looking up his stuff um but I'm going to read a lot of quotes from the article that he on this that that he wrote, but um, so basically, what's going on is uh, there's a small team, uh, they're pretty much putting everybody to get um all the people in Bioware, and they're all just kind of working on Anthem now. It's like all kind of everybody's hands on deck, you know. Uh, but there's still a small team working on Star Wars: The Republic, the PC game, uh, and there's a small team that's piecing together the next Dragon Age game. Which I guess they recently rebooted. I mean, I remember like the last couple of E3s, people were talking about uh, all the rumors about Dragon Age and uh, will it be revealed or not. It's, I guess it got rebooted, so um, who knows what's going on with that. But the bulk of the Bioware staff in both Edmonton and Austin are now on Anthem, and there's a sense among Bioware employees that the company's future is um, tied to this game. So, you know, sounds like the future of this company. Very well, could this game could hold you know can make or break the the what you know the Bioware what's left of it? Um, the game was now scheduled for 2019, uh, before April 2019, uh, but probably like a March game. Um, 2008, I guess when they when Anthem was shown off last E3 and they had the 2018 release date, um, it was never 2018 was never realistic for them. Um, yeah. it appears EA will not let Anthem release any later then march of 2019 which you know the fiscal year is over in march so that's coming for april and um i guess that points during the 2014 and 2015 i guess this game's been on they've been working on it since 2012 yeah uh but this game uh during points of 2014-15 uh several rumors that the anthem project was not going well in part because of the long-running issues that bioware has faced with uh, its engine frostbite uh and in part making a game of this nature uh, can be excruciating process. Basically, this game is like a Destiny-like game. It's EA's attempt to make Destiny uh, and these live uh, games and service games. Uh, they're constantly changing updates, things like that. And um, 
Frostbite, it's, it's been a huge issue in the past for uh, not just Bioware, but other companies. Before, uh, but it was it was built for the, the Battlefield games, but now they make everybody use it. Like even Madden went to it this year. Yeah, uh, I think the NBA, uh, I think the NBA Live game that is using it. Um, I think the next Dragon Age is going to be in it. Mass Effect Andromeda, that was a huge issue they 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 dealt with for a long time, uh, trying to make Mass Effect Andromeda work in yeah. uh, the Frostbite. So, yeah, Bioware still having issues with it, and also, um, I guess the past year has been tumultuous for Bioware. Involves major changes in the studios. Uh, one was the reboot of the Fourth Dragon Age, and then Mass Effect basically put being shelved. Uh, and the goal, uh, those sources said, was to implement more live elements into game into the game uh, with Anthem and Dragon Age. So be live meaning, meaning games of service and meaning microtransactions. Uh, so Anthem, I think when we all saw Anthem last year, I think that was kind of like really for a lot of people the the biggest game of the show. Uh, yeah, a lot of us were pretty high for. It. I I was pretty excited. I'm optimistic about it. Uh, it's Bioware. Um, it's been a long time since we've had a truly great Bioware game. Uh, and Casey Hudson's back now. Um, this game could potentially be incredible. Uh, but you, you just, you find out like kind of EA is getting involved again. And now we're hearing all this shit going on. Uh, you know, the same stuff we've been hearing for years about EA. Uh, it sounds like now I'm, really concerned about this game. I'm really concerned about Bioware. Like it would be a bummer that, uh, this game comes out and it's broken or it's not finished or it's just, it's just a bad game or a mediocre game. Like, I feel like this game has to be like one of those games that comes out and everybody, it's like universally love game. It can't be a destiny. It cannot be destiny one. Yeah. Uh, it can't do. I mean, it's gotta be better than destiny two, you know? Well, yeah, um, of course. Like, I, I don't feel like, Bioware can afford anything less than that right now. Oh, no, 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 definitely not, especially with the whole shipwreck that was Mass Effect Andromeda. It's like, they need a home run right now if they want to really successfully go through and, like, you know, get, like, something positive in their direction. And for the thing about Anthem and stuff, I mean, it's most critical. I mean, this is a new franchise that's pretty much their... that could be their saving grace or there could be their one-foot-in-the-grave type of game and stuff. They need this to be a success now. That's just the thing, mm-hmm. in my opinion. <sighs> yeah, I mean, and it sucks. You, you you just you hear about the business side of things with EA. And it's just like, how many times are they going to do this? Like, how, like how many times does this like blow up in their face when like oh, this game has to come out before, um, before the fiscal year is over? So I don't care what shape is in, or it's got to be out now. You know, like Battlefield Four was broken for months because they had to push it out before the holidays. Um, you look at um, SimCity uh, a few years ago on PC uh, was well, it had to be online only. You know, the DRM stuff that game was broken for months and months and months on there as well. I mean, Mass Effect Drama just last year we talked about a lot last year. Stuff with Star Wars Battlefront Two with the microtransactions and the Need for Speed game they released. Um, how many times are they going to do this? You know, like, like, yeah, you know, I know, like, right? I, just, I understand, like, you got to get this off the books. You want to you want to make the money. We, when you go into, like, talk about your, your how you did the last fiscal year, instead of having this more money drained into, pushed it, put into Anthem, you want to see, see money come back, you know, for you want to see profits for it. But I just, 
I don't know how many times, how many great studios and game developers and franchises do we have to see destroyed because of this? Like, I understand it's a business. They want to make money. Yeah. And that's the core concept. But it's just like so many other companies do it. Like, Destiny 1 and Destiny 2 are both delayed a whole year. Uh, they're just going like September 2013. It came, Destiny 1 came out December, uh, September 2014. Same with uh, Destiny 2. It was supposed to come out in 2016. It came out uh, fall 2017. You know? Like, Activision has foresight on it uh, to do that. Um, Overwatch, with Activision Blizzard game, Blizzard game, was a failed uh, MMO they put years into. Jack's barking in the background for some reason. Um, <laughs> but that was a failed MMO, and they just they kept going at it, and they turned it into... Uh, one of the best-selling games of the last few years, and yeah. like so, these other triple. It's not just like like EA is not the only triple A studio out there or triple A you know publisher out there. Uh, there's other ones out there, and they at least have some foresight. You know, Ubisoft has put some games out there. You know, obviously, Assassin's Creed Unity is it is what it is, but it seemed like they kind of learned from it. Like Far Cry Five, they pushed back a whole month. Actually, yeah. just come on, I think in 2018, pushed back to our to, or 2017. I'm sorry. And it got pushed back 2018 and got pushed back another month because the game wasn't ready yet. Like, I don't, I feel like pre Assassin's Creed Unity, I don't know if Ubisoft would have done that. Um, and I just don't, it blows my mind that they just keep doing this and they just eventually, you think, especially with Star Wars Battlefront 2, and um, how that kind of blew up in their face and. That game it sold like nine million copies, which is still you know it's still like the second highest game, highest selling game of two thousand seventeen, but it's still far behind where Battlefront Battlefront one was, and you you look at like they were expecting you know stock prices to go up uh, in November December because uh, of that game coming out, it, they actually went down and total polar opposite effects what they thought. I just I'm just still I'm blown away like how hard headed they are. If this actually this ends up happening, and I hope with this story like coming out, and they even kind of when they came out and they talked about um, the like the last month they did quarter, quarter they did, uh, they even denied reports of that. Like, oh no, it's still coming out in 2018, and literally just like a day or two ago, they came out and said, no, it's coming out in 2018 now. It's officially been delayed to 2019. Um, so they even denied it. And now they're saying no, it's true. So basically, this it's not like the story is pretty much true, and everything that pretty much Jason has reported about EA. Um, has come out to be true, or it's been true, um, and I I think it's safe to say that they believe this. And now they're turning Dragon Age into a live game. What the fuck's gonna happen to Dragon Age? Um, there's a lot of people that love Dragon Age. I mean, look at like Dragon Age. The first Dragon Age game was fantastic, mm-hmm. uh, and then they Dragon Age Two was pushed out too early, and that game was a like it was a it was just a it was an okay game, but the problem was is they they may try to make this open world game, but they just kind of they just reuse assets. So they had thirty dungeons, but it was basically just six different layouts. They just kept reusing over and over again. It was copy and paste, uh, and the side quest or whatever. The you know it was just the game wasn't done yet, and I still don't know how many times we got to just try to see them force things out. You look at Visceral, we talked about it before, but Visceral was like they made Dead Space, they made awesome, and they made they. Like, all right, well, that's base one and two are selling okay, but we want you to, like, co-op is where things are going. Third-person shooter co-op games is where gaming is going. And they turned Dead Space 3 into that, and it was an okay game. It was a fine game. 
but it was just a bad Dead Space game, and it was it was what it was. It was it was disappointing. Maybe it didn't sell as well. So then they made them make Battlefield Hardline, and Battlefield Hardline was a game nobody wanted to play. They rushed it out, came out too early. No one liked it. Uh, it didn't sell very well, and now Visceral is gone. You know, uh, the same thing happened with the studio from SimCity. That was a company has been around for decades. Uh, one of the original PC studios, and they fucking closed them because SimCity was pushed out too early. Um, they tried forcing DRM online only for a single player game, and then the game was cl- the game came out wasn't was broken, and the online didn't work, so nobody could play the game. And then now that the studio is gone, you know, it's just I don't want to be that guy that sits there and says like EA is like really shitty and jump on EA because I love EA. I, they give me Madden every year. Yeah, the game I the game I put more time into than anything else, uh, any other game. By a large margin, I probably I might play more Madden than I play all, all other games combined. Like that's probably that's probably almost true. Um, and it's just like it, like they have they have all these other great franchises under their umbrella, and they just keep fucking them up. And all these great studios, and they keep fucking them up. Like Mass Effect should not be shelled. Like. It should be Mass Effect should still be going strong today. Dead Space should still be going strong today. Sim City should be still be going strong today. Even Sims Four people hate because like they forced a bunch of shit in there. Um, now they're going more DLC heavy and they keep releasing all these stupid packs. Um, I just don't understand. Like, I understand this is like a like it seems like they're so short term that like they don't look at like long term. This could be better for them uh, and. I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of ranting this episode, but uh, it's just <laughs> it's like okay, all dude. the air stuff. Yeah, all the air stuff has been good news. It's been great stuff. Xbox, Nintendo, uh, God of War, Red Dead Redemption Two, like all kind, all good stuff. But it's just like I read that, and it's just like that fucking like that ruined my day. It's just like like I'm just like now I'm scared that Bioware like one of the coolest, uh, one of my favorite uh, gaming companies out there, developers out there realistically could be done and could be gone in the next couple of years. I, I like because of like you look at like where they were like they made a like, Kotar, they made fucking Kotar uh Mass Effect, Mass Effect 2, like Everett and Dragon Age, like some of my favorite games of all time. Especially Mass Effect 1, 2 and Dragon Age. Great games. Uh and then ever since EA's taken over, uh Mass Effect 2 was technically published by EA, but the game was mostly done when they bought them. But you look yeah. at Dragon Age 2 like I talked about um mass effect 3 uh dragon age inquisition had some fans it's probably the best game they made since but the game fundamentally was just not very good um you look at mass effect andromeda all those games have been panned uh mass effect 3 was still core in, in its core was a great game but obviously we all know the issues with the ending and everything like that um but it's just bioware just seems like a shell of itself since uh ea got a hold of them and uh yeah, I don't know. I really don't know what else to go with that. I'm, like I said, ranting and rambling at this point. But uh, I, don't know. I just don't want to. I don't want to see uh, Bioware go down, um, especially when Anthem looks like it could potentially be one of the coolest games of this generation, and uh, because of bad business practices, um, this game might just end up being. Just a, game that comes out and it's, it's a flash in the pan or it's a, it's just one of those games like in five years remember anthem that game sucked <laughs> you know like or that game was disappointment that game could be really cool i just don't want i, I just hoping to look at bioware um 
this time next year, we're not talking about our two years on episode 400 and something or 300 and something of Drunk Dresser's podcast about Bioware being closed. Yeah. Um, and all these great franchises like Mass Effect are gone. Um, but yeah. I don't know, Gables, do you have anything you want, more you want to add on that? No, not really, unfortunately. <laughs> I got, yeah, there's not much more to say, I guess, after my rant. Um, but I think that might be an episode, Gables. Yeah. It was fun doing this again. It feels like it it's was. been like a year, but it's been like two weeks. I know, right? Um, yeah, it's crazy. That, <laughs> 250 episodes, that's big. Um. Yeah, but thank you guys for listening. Thanks for listening for us for the 250th time. Um, if you guys want to hear more from us, so how, how do I do this again? If you want to hear more from us, we have a Facebook page and group, uh, Drunk Dashers. Uh, like and join us on there. On Twitter, we're at Drunk Dashers Pod. Follow us on there. Uh, on iTunes, Drunk Dashers Podcast. Subscribe, please. Leave us five stars. Uh, comment on there and let us know if you do because I'll shout you out on the show if you do. I have my mic again. Woo! Hands are getting a little crazy. I move my hands a lot right now. I don't know why. Um, on YouTube, we are uh, Drunk Dash Nerds. Uh, subscribe to us on there. Uh, podcast goes up on there as well. So if you are not an iTunes guy or you're more a YouTube guy, listen to us on there. Give us a thumbs up, please. We'd greatly appreciate that. Uh, like, comment, subscribe on there. Um, and on Twitch, um, twitch.tv slash Drunk Nerds Podcast. Also, twitch.tv slash Colonel Gables. Um, subscribe or follow to both of those. Give us a friend request. Uh, we like friends, and friends are good. Um, but until then, uh, I have been your host, I was Tyler. And I have been Colonel Gables. So until next week, everyone, be ready to listen to a fantastic episode of the Drunk Nerds Podcast. See ya. beers there anyways we're on itunes now so go on there check us out and if you like us leave us a review and we'll even shout you out and jack will send you his credit card number